everyone, welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. So, uh, right before we record, I noticed uh, the 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 wire, the cable that connects the microphone to the computer has been chewed through and all the wirings are exposed. And you said uh, it either works or it doesn't work because it's digital. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. So you have two different kinds of wiring. You have analog wiring and you have digital wiring. Analog wiring, basically you have two cables, okay? And depending on the amount of interference or whatnot, you have a sine wave that goes through it. So you have like different oscillations of electrons. And as as we speak, you've seen like sound on a waveform, right? It goes yeah. like up and down. Okay, so that's actually so that's actually what the electrons are doing. They are like oscillating in that same exact way by the microphone, and then on a speaker, that will oscillate a magnet in the same exact way, and that will re-oscillate the air where the speaker is. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay, so that's analog. Analog is susceptible to all sorts of interference and uh, good cabling, where if anything is ever so slightly off, like the cable is not really touching, it's going to go... You've heard that before, right? Yeah. In like sound recordings. Um, so that's basically when there was something slightly off about the cabling uh, and you had interference or you had noise, which is just like random electron oscillations that come up on the other side. So that's analog. And that's where if this cable were an analog cable, it would be a problem that they bit through it because now the integrity of the cable is going to directly affect the sound that we're getting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, this is a digital cable. It's a USB cable. Um, it has a few more cables in it. But long story short, uh, a digital cable, uh, when I said it's either going to work or it's not going to work, uh, that's because there is a complex set of handshakes that happen between the cable and the computer to communicate information. So if those handshakes don't come through properly because... Turns out both sides are prepared for such a situation where the cable is bad. They're just not going to work. It's not going to get to the point where you can record audio or send an audio packet. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's what I meant by if it's digital, it either works or it doesn't work. Because if the cable had some problem in it that prevented the handshake from forming, meaning there was enough damage in it that we would have heard static over an analog connection... Uh, then the microphone wouldn't be able to tell the, the computer, hey, I'm turning the cable on, off, on, off. There's electricity, there's no electricity. There's electricity, there's no electricity. It wouldn't be able to do that in the precise pattern that tells the computer what it is, first of all, and backwards for the computer to say, hey, okay, you're connected. And for the microphone to then say, hey, I'm going to send you some audio data now and then send over that audio data. Like if any part of that did not work, the microphone would be like, can't record audio. And therefore, we don't even need to listen to the audio to see if it's working. We just need to see if, if we start try recording and we don't see any information. That means the microphone's not even connected. Does that make sense? So sound isn't going through the cable? No. So sound is being turned into a data packet, which is describing the sound. It's saying, hey, the sound does this waveform, right? Mm -hmm. So it starts, like, think of that waveform as, like, having a baseline of zero. At the high, it's one. And at the low, it's negative one. So it's just going to say, hey, the sound is at 0 0.2. Now it's at 0 0.5. Now it's at negative 0 0.4. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a series of samples 
48,000 times per second, like does it very fast, to rebuild that waveform afterwards on the computer. But it's still transfer transferring over data, whether it's sound data or numbers or whatever. So how does it how is it still working versus the other one? So the way the way the computer will check if uh, the microphone is valid is a very similar way that a website might check that your credit card is valid before you even click buy. You've you've probably uh, ended up mistyping your credit card number at least once, right? Mm-hmm. And when you do that, it says, hey, please verify your credit card number. It doesn't look valid. Mm-hmm. So when you do that, what it's doing is it's checking the last digit of the credit card number and it's using the rest of the digits to see if it's equal to that digit. So if you add them all up, basically, and you take, like, here's a very simplistic version of what I'm calling is a checksum. Say you have a bunch of numbers and you add them up, okay? And then you end up with a number, right? With like three digits, probably. And you add those up. And you keep doing that until you have one digit. That is your check... uh, What did I say? Checksum. That's your checksum, because you're literally summing up the numbers. Does that make sense? And if any one of the numbers that came before it was wrong, like you mistyped it, then the checksum is going to be wrong. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. The same thing is done on barcodes. So that way when the reader reads the barcode, it can tell, did I read it correctly? Did I read it incorrectly? Um, Same thing is done with ISBN numbers. Um, And this is called a checksum. Now, for more complex computers, uh, it uses what's called a CRC, which is, I think, called a cyclic redundancy check. Um, And basically, this allows a series of packets to be verified that you're receiving packets appropriately. If a packet is missent, it can be resent, and all sorts of different checks uh, to make sure that the integrity of the packet of the audio data got through okay, and no part of it was misconstrued or uh, had data loss in any way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's why you can be a little bit more trusting of digital data versus analog data uh here's another example uh tvs up until now or up until uh, 10 years ago 20 years ago i don't know there's a there's a cutoff point where tvs were all analog meaning if the antennas were not just right or if there's a storm outside you'd kind of see the image but then there'd be a lot of noise on the image right Mm -hmm. and that's something we would call snow because it would look like snow a snowy image we call it sand in vietnamese Mm -hmm. um and it's essentially because you're not getting actual image data, you're getting random data. And that random data that's the antenna's picking up, it's just showing it on the screen. Like it's it's none the wiser. That's analog. So what that means is that uh once we transition to digital, you never saw that snowy image or a mix between snowy and a real image. What you instead saw was a digital artifact. So half the image was there and then the half the image was big blocks. For instance, you've seen that, right? Mm. Uh, and we see that on modern digital TVs that get uh, their their broadcast over an antenna. That's a digital broadcast, meaning that if the packet didn't come, it's going to try to show some of the packet. And then the part that it didn't get, it's going to show the partial information that it had, mm-hmm. which might be enough to see an image, but oftentimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But it shows itself very differently from the snow or sands that we were used to growing up where like you literally have to bang the tv for the image to like come through properly Mm -hmm. uh this is more of a does uh, banging it really help 
sometimes it might jostle the antenna, or if there's a faulty connection on the TV that's doing this, oh. you know, it's ever so slightly brushing up until uh, against it's, itself because something cracked along the lines, then yeah, you are helping. You're mm-hmm. getting it just the right amount, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's the difference between a digital like connection and an analog connection. There are some cases where this surprisingly uh, still works with digital. So take a game cartridge, for instance. Like, this was a very popular thing if you had a Nintendo 64 or Super Nintendo or something. If the game cartridge didn't work, you pulled it out and you blew because there might be lint or whatever in there. Mm. Um, and most people say, hey, this never works. I mean, um, we're, we're currently doing that with our iPhones, too, at the bottom of the contact. Mm-hmm. Whenever you try to charge it and it doesn't work, it's like, have you tried blowing up it? <laughs> yeah, and and the the ultimate irony is the people who say, oh, this never works, don't own cats. Because if you own a cat, everything gets cat hair in it. <laughs> and blowing absolutely does remove the cat hair. However, in the strictly pure sense that there's nothing in the cartridge like that you can visually see and you pull it out and you blow, yes, that's not going to do anything. The contacts don't have any trouble bonding with the contacts in the console itself. But there are some scenarios where the contact might have a layer of oxidation or whatnot. And a single contact might not prevent the game from loading. So you put the game in and everything works, right? Because those systems, they weren't doing checks to validate if the connection was good or not. They were just saying, hey, I have enough pins to start the process, so I'm going to launch the game. But the game might get to a point where it needs to load a data, and loading in the data requires this now magical pin that is not there 100%. Mm-hmm. So that will now fail because it can't load it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or it might fail in a very interesting way where the console thinks it's connected, but it's not. So then you get all zeros. So then your level looks a little broken because the portions that require that pin are all zeros rather than zeros and ones, depending on the situation. This is when you do a ROM hack. <laughs> no, it's not when you do a ROM hack. But there are like special ways to like clean the console and clean the cartridge and get rid of the oxidation layers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah. So going back to the original question, why does it either work or not work when it's digital? That's more in the case of like modern electronics. They will just do a check. They will make sure that the connection is good before even going forward because they know that any little thing can like royally mess things up. So they decided we're going to do these checks and we're going to make sure that the signal is good before going forward. And if it's not, then then the culprits will have to be charged with... Um, I don't know. Let's make up a crime. Uh, uh, <laughs> One kibble less. Wi- wire, sl- wire slaughter, we'll call wire it. Um, which is a, a common crime that felines uh, get themselves into. So it's not it's not the end of the world. They're going to get a, a stern no as their punishment. Um, but they will continue being cute. And they will continue convincing us that it's a good thing to have them around. So... <laughs> Uh, at the end of the day, we buy new cables, and that's how we how, that's how we punish them. Can you buy a new cable for this one? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. It's just a USB cable. It's okay. a long USB cable, which we don't even need because it's all bundled up and yeah. ready for chewing. Apparently. <laughs> cool. Thanks, everyone. Bye.